The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome to the show. Hey, hope you had a good weekend. I had a good weekend, busy weekend. My birthday was getting older. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. Been busy. All right. Hey, look, if you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. I want to hear from you. Give me a call. Today's date is December 11th, 2023. 2023. All right. And uh, let's see. I can't. I'm looking for something, but I can't find it. And so, uh, yeah. We have one open line uh, question that's going to come up here in a second. Any rate, no big deal. All right, so half a uh, half show today. Uh, only going to be going to the bottom of the hour. So if you have comments or questions, now's the time. You can give me a call eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six, and you can email me at info at carm dot org. Info at carm c a r m dot org. And uh, just put in the subject line, put in um, CARM question, or radio question, or radio comment, and we can get to it. All right. Okay, I think that's it. Let's just jump on the phones here. Let's get to Mike. Let's see. There we go. Mike from St. Petersburg, Florida. Hey, Mike, welcome. You're on the air. How you doing, Matt? I'm uh, getting to be a, a fan here. I'm looking at your stuff online, oh, and I was uh, let me just f- formulate my question real quick. I was watching your ortho- uh, uh, your uh, debate with this Orthodox guy, and his name was Father or Friar Deacon Doctor Ananias from 2020, and you pressed him on the Word of God, and you said, "Can I if I can I use the Word of God when witnessing to a Mormon?" And he said, no, surprisingly. And then you wanted to go to Scripture, and you kept trying to get him to go to Scripture, and, and it, was a, it was the most amazing thing I ever saw. And then when you finally read uh, the Scripture to him that you wanted to deal with, he never, ever gave you his analysis of the Scripture. And, and my question is, this is so... Um, I don't know, surprising to me or bizarre to me or something. What would a what would an Orthodox Bible study look like? I mean, what, what would they do? Uh, could you give me a little psychological analysis of this? Uh, I'm I'm just mystified by this. Yeah. Well, first of all, that was an impromptu discussion. It wasn't a thing set up. And a friend of mine, Matt, yesterday was in the room. And uh, when this kind of challenge came up, and sometimes what I'll do is I'll say to people, okay, fine, let's, let's do it right now, let's just go. And I'll open up a file and I'll take notes while we're talking and stuff like that. And that's what this was. He was, here's my mm. notes. This is from, uh, whatever, yeah, 20, where, when was it? That was, that was a while back. Um, yeah, in 20, July of 2022. So my notes here are, uh, he was extremely rude, illogical, was apparently very afraid of going to the Word of God to check something out. It took well yes. over an hour before I could get him finally to look, even look at Scripture. I wanted him to look at Colossians 2, 13 and 14 to see if uh, his understanding of it agreed with Eastern Orthodox theology. 
when we finally got there, he wouldn't even analyze it. And here's one more paragraph. The, uh, he kept saying throughout the whole time that I didn't have the right paradigm, his paradigm, to justify believing in the Word of God. Of course I didn't give him any reason why I do believe in the Word of God, but he dismissed, of course I did, I'd, I'd, oh, I would give him, yeah, I'd give him several reasons why I believed it, but he dismissed them. He kept saying I didn't have the right to interpret God's Word, and uh, if I didn't defend it from where it came from. Yeah, I remember that now. I answered his challenges many times, yet he refused to answer me. So yeah, he was not very logical. Um, and he was he's just like a, behaving like a cultist. And uh, you can understand something here. That imagine the, the East Orthodox Church, as well as the Roman Catholic Church, just imagine someone, a, a group, that takes Jesus, puts him on the side, discounts him, and then puts the church where Jesus belongs. The church... Uh is the way, the truth, and the life. The church has the authority to forgive you of your sins. The church has the authority to interpret scripture. The church gave us the word. In other words, the church is their idol. It's called ecclesiolatry. They worship and serve the church. And some of the properties of that kind of mentality is exactly what you saw with this guy. He would not face the scriptures, was afraid to look at the scriptures, wouldn't commit to anything in the scriptures, kept saying, I don't have the right to interpret, which is ridiculous. And I would add, I think I even with that one, I usually do this with uh, with people who say something like that. I said, let's go to John 11, 35, where it says Jesus wept. And I say, uh, right. I believe yeah. what it means is that, that, oh, I did? Okay. And I said, I believe it means he wept. So you t- I don't even remember what he said. What did he say in response to that? <laughs> Well, it was something Remember? like, uh, "Well, yeah, I guess." Or so I, I, you know, he just wouldn't answer you at all, and he wouldn't even agree that the scripture you went to was the word of God, and just talk to you about what it meant. It was amazing. Yeah, I was a cultist. Yeah, here's some more notes. Uh, he failed to demonstrate how he knows the councils are true because he kept appealing to councils. And we yeah, had appealing to the yeah. same thing I did, the Holy Spirit, yet he complains when I do. He falsely accused me in several areas uh, that I'm an evidentialist, and I'm not. I answered him in no. different ways about how I affirm the Word of God, and uh, he ignored them. Let's see, I justified the Word based on John 10. Okay. I said the Church Fathers contradict each other, corrected him on several things, never said I reject uh, Scripture. I don't deny extra biblical. Yeah. Just uh, stuff. He was afraid, my notes say, he was afraid of Colossians two thirteen and 14. So uh, he he kept saying something like he know he knew how the debate would go or something and he wouldn't let you do it or something and and why did he even talk to you if if he wouldn't let you uh, point counterpoint him you know I just couldn't figure I just thought this was amazing to me tell you now at the risk of sounding a little boastful I'm not trying to do that it's just that. I have a reputation, and um, I'm kind of known in certain areas, and so they like to bolster their, themselves by saying, hey, I've debated and defeated Matt Slick. And so I've been in, like, for example, I was in a debate with a, a Muslim, and I was in on two different computers. I was in my one in the room with my regular name and in the room with a different name. So they didn't know I was in 
in the in a room. And then when I was going to leave, and I did it when I left after the, everything was over, I stayed with, just paid attention to the other computer to see what they would say. And I remember this very clearly that I was able to answer everything this Muslim said, and he couldn't answer very much of what I said. And this re- was repeated for two hours. All right, and mm-hmm. it was pretty obvious. Then I left. And then I just listened on the other computer how people said, all the Muslims said, how he destroyed me, how I couldn't answer anything. And I was a fool. And it became very obvious to me that just the cult mind, you see what you want to see, you hear what you want to hear, and that's it. And that's what Ananias did. In fact, uh, the room was full of Eastern Orthodox people. I found them to be very rude and condescending in the corresponding chat area. Uh, a guy named Jay Dyer was exceedingly condemning and rude and would interrupt the debate and personally attack me. The moderators let this kind of thing happen several times. I had to rebuke the moderators for the lack of control. In fact, I was even muted and kicked out of the room. I finally got back in and tore into the moderators right away. I asked them why they would allow such horrible treatment. I was offered a casual apology, but the abuse continued. So, yeah. Yeah, and uh, uh, you you shut that down, though. You wouldn't let Dyer. Look, I'm not here to debate uh, the gang of you. You know, I'm I'm here to debate the one guy or talk to the one guy. So you shut that down very effectively, I thought, you know. But, uh, uh, you know, I I like to give everybody, I like Jay Dyer. I think he's brilliant on some things, but he, 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 he keeps defending this Eastern Orthodox. And then uh, you debated, uh, who was that, uh, the Catholic guy, um, uh, Son Genis, uh, 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 about uh, the uh-huh. Roman Catholic Church. And this it's a similar thing, but that was very cordial. That was very nice. But uh, Son Genis, yeah. I like his geocentric. Well, a lot of people don't know that Son Genis and I had three discussions. And, the, I don't in the, and I'll just be honest, the first... Yeah, we did. Three radio discussions a week apart on my radio show when I was here in Boise. And I think he he did better than I did on the first one. If there was, you know, who won that discussion, I would have given it to him. Seriously. And I'm like, who is this guy? He knows a lot of stuff. And the, I started studying. By the the second one, I, in my honest opinion, it was about even. The third time we met, he was up against the ropes. I remember he... He uh, changed the topic repeatedly, made a lot of mistakes. I was calling him on a bunch of stuff. I, I said, you said this, but now that you know. And then the, the fourth one we're supposed to have, he was a no-show. We couldn't get a hold of him anymore. So oh my. you got to remember that the, the, oh, yeah, that's right. We still haven't discussed what, what he agreed to discuss with me, which was Mary. He said, I'll do that after we have our discussions on, on doctrines of salvation. I said, okay. And then when we did it, he didn't show. He broke his word. So I remember your discussion you about the assumption, of, you know, uh, the assumption of Mary and all that. And he and you you pinned him down to. Uh, I mean, he well, anyway. Go ahead, go ahead and talk. I'm sorry. No, I want to hear. It. Go ahead and say what you say. You pinned down what? Well, you you pinned him down to this assumption of Mary, and it appeared, you know, it, they discussed it in the year six hundred or something, and then it was uh, codified by Pope Pius or something, and then, uh, you know, but but that's six hundred years after, you know, where's your succession and where's your, you know, uh, uh, you know, what do you call it, apostolic succession and all that stuff, you know, he none of those guys. 
Right. When you press them on it, they don't seem to have an answer. No, they don't. They don't. They Now, there are some very intelligent people who are more gifted at argumentation, and I've had to counter, mm-hmm. counter several of them. And they're quite good, and you've really got to pay attention. And here's the thing. They only have to be an expert in their one field. I have to be an expert in multiple fields. So Mormonism, <laughs> Jehovah's Witnesses, Islam, Eastern Orthodoxy, Roman Catholicism, with atheism, I have to know philosophy and science and things like this. So it's mm. always a challenge for me. Which, you know, it's a good challenge. But nevertheless, I'm glad that you listened to it. And uh, But if you just put in your head... They replace Jesus with their church, and truth is found in their church. Then it'll make sense why they are the way they are. Okay. Well, that that does make a lot of sense, and uh, um, I hope I don't uh, wear you out. I've called a couple times lately, oh. and I uh, I just enjoy talking to you and listening to your answers to this stuff because I've been a Christian now thirty years, and I'm I'm a, a student of the Bible, but I'm you know I work full time, so I can't do it you know to the to the level you do, but uh, I really appreciate, you know, I got my uh, my uh, stable of uh, theologians I go to, you know, in commentaries and whatnot. And, and lately, uh, until you become as popular as Rush Limbaugh, I hope I can, have, I can keep calling in. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm never going to get that popular because I'm too opinionated and too biblical. And uh, let's just say that's closed doors even within Christianity. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, I enjoy it very much, and and I I like the I like the strong stance for the scripture only, you know, and all that. Amen. That's how it's supposed to be. God's word. Hey, we got to go, buddy. There's the music for the break. Okay. (laughs) We got to go. All right. Thank you, sir. All right, man. God bless. Keep listening. All right. Hey, folks. Be right back after these messages. Please stay tuned. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. I just want to give you a heads up. We're staying up. We, no, we, we stay on the air by your support. Would you please consider supporting us? All you got to do is go to carm.org, C-A-R-M dot O-R-G forward slash donate. And uh, we're having a matching funds drive uh, for the month of July. July, wow, uh, for the month of December. So whatever you would donate uh, becomes doubled. And we do need it. What we really would like is a five dollar a month commitment, because if you could do that, that really helps us uh, budget stuff for the coming year. We do do need that. It doesn't take very much. Five dollars a month isn't that much. It's easy to set up, easy to cancel. And you go to carm.org forward slash donate, and also the PO box. Uh, information is there if you want to do it by mail all right just giving you a heads up let's get to the to uh let's see jose from texas welcome you're on the air hey man can you hear me hello yeah no i can yep got it okay yep hey man just a quick question um i gotta get a book uh, as a gift it's called unseen realm by uh michael s heiser and uh and that's really good for a doorstop It's a good doorstop. Really? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, Fire kindling, uh, good book, doorstop. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. He says like well, he, well, he says on Psalms by eighty two that a divine council is pretty much an assembly of lesser divine figures, if I'm not mistaken, preceded by preceded, right. decided by a uh, 
higher supreme being, what I'm guessing this is Yahweh. What are your thoughts on Psalm 32? Right. If you can give me like a little, just quick, uh, uh, yeah, just quick uh, review on on that book. Yeah, Psalm, he uh, shreds Psalm 82, and I'll explain what it really means. But he is the one. I've got his book open. I have it in Kindle, and uh, yeah. Uh, so what he says is. Uh, it's the Quarantine realm and its interaction with the human realm. Uh, the Morning Stars saying they, that means they were divine beings. Uh, it could be angels, but they're, they're not. They're other divine beings that God created and they're rulers. And it's like, where's he getting all this stuff? And he gets from Psalm 82, mainly. Yeah. Right? And so when you go to Psalm 82, you've got to understand it's what's called an imprecatory psalm. An imprecation is a wish of harm upon someone. And these are psalms. They're called imprecatory psalms. They're basically psalms where the psalmist says, God, get them. Deal with them. You just just discipline them. Okay? So right. I'm going to read to you. It's only eight verses. I'm going to read to you Psalm uh, 82. We'll go through it little by little. But I want you to understand something here. Because what it's saying mm -hmm. is uh, in verse 7, you will die like men and fall like any one of the princes. Okay? So that's that, it's a judgment. God, this is verse 1, God takes his stand in his own congregation. He judges in the midst of the rulers. Now, the word there is Elohim. How long will you judge yeah. unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Who's he talking to? These divine beings in heaven? Of course not. He's talking to the unrighteous judges on earth, the people in the Jewish nation who are in a place of extreme power, and they could decide life and death, and they were not showing the proper judgment to the people. God is mocking them through the psalmist. He says, go on, vindicate the weak and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and destitute. Rescue the weak and needy. Deliver them out of the hand of the wicked. Is this divine gods that he's talking about up there? No, he's talking to the judges on earth. Do what's right. He says, they do not know, uh, okay. nor do they understand. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I said, you are gods. Now, this is important because Jesus quotes this in Psalm, I mean, uh, John 10, 34, when the Jews said, right. you know, they're going to kill him. He said, why do you want to kill me? Because, you know, you, know, you being a man, make yourself out to be God. He says, it's not written in your law. He says, he said that, your mm -hmm. law. I, you know, you are gods. That was a condemnation by God upon the wicked judges, and he's applying it to the Jews. They want to kill him. Okay? Right, right. So he says, and uh, I said, you are gods, and all of you are sons of the Most High. Nevertheless, you will die like men and fall like any one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for it is you who possesses the nations. That's the context. And Michael Heiser in my opinion, blew it badly, and he's led a lot of people astray with this uh, doctrine of his. Okay? Right. Would you consider, uh, I, mean, I know he, he passed away already, I think he passed away a year ago or so, so would you consider him, for teaching this stuff, a, a false teacher, or? The only thing I can tell you about him is from what he's written here, and I, and what I believe what he wrote was false. How much of a false right. teacher, I don't know. I, that, you know, I like to know Dr. Uh, his theology, soteriology, Christology, hermartiology. I like to know all those uh, to be able to save his in or out. Because I'm not the judge, but I know what the essentials of the Christian faith are. You can have a mistake like this and still be a Christian. But if you're denying Jesus right, as God right, in right. flesh, you're not a Christian. According, you know. So I, I don't know all the other particulars, but the thing is, uh, I, I, it's just 
he's caused problems. And this idea of gods and d- divine beings. Yeah, and, and, and then, um, yeah, and then I, I did also notice that there were some Mormons quoting Michael Heiser, and I kind of didn't like that. Right. As, as you as a reference could, to yeah. like kind of defend their. So I, I just didn't know where, he, where they were coming from. I haven't read this book, by the way. I just know by the intro, I, I've heard reviews. And it's some pretty good reviews and some you know bad reviews. But I was kind of surprised that Michael Brown, uh, uh, Daryl Bach, some of these scholars, they, they have promoted this book as saying, you know, just, um, you know they've been promoting this book. Promote it. I wouldn't ever promote it. Yeah. Yeah. I would never promote it. No. So, okay. Yeah. So. All right, buddy. All right. All right. Thank you, Matt. Thank right, you, Matt. Man. Thanks for that. Uh, okay. All right. God bless. All right. We've only got another time. Time for one more call, Angie, I think, from Youngsville, North Carolina. Welcome. You're on the air. Hey, Matt. Thank you so much for all of your knowledge. Um, I have oh, a two-part question. Um, <clears throat> um, my preacher has um, said that need to be a member of a church, not necessarily the, that church, but a church, in order to, to take communion. And I had yeah. never heard that, and um, I would just like your okay. take on that, please, sir. Sure. I'm going to go through it quickly because we're almost out of time, and then i got to go at the end of this, the break, or at the break here, to do something else today. Okay. So, uh, Nothing in the Bible says you have to be a church member in order to have communion. He, they have the right as a particular church to say that only uh, sworn-in member, members can take it. They can say that if they want, and they can administrate it because that's what they can do. But nothing in the Bible says, thou shalt be a member of a ch- local body in order to be uh, able to take communion. Nothing in the Scripture says that. So I always uh, take umbrage with that when someone says that. I go, well, wait a minute. You're saying I'm not worthy of, I've trusted in Christ. I can't take communion because I don't have a membership thing. And I don't believe in membership at a church because it's not in the Bible. So I I reject that idea. I'm not knocking that people want to do that. That's fine. That's them. I don't see it. I don't need to, I don't want to submit to it because that's just not me. Okay. Right. So now I can't ever take communion according to that guy. You see the ridiculousness? Well, I haven't let it stop me from doing it. I continue to take communion because I I know where I am with the Lord, you know, and I I disagree with it, so I haven't let it stop me, Um, and I've wanted to talk to him about it, but I don't want to open a can of worms because I truly enjoy going to that church. It's a good church, and that's the only thing that has really been bothering me. We'll talk to him about it. Uh, and we got to go because there's the music. Talk to him about it. Okay. Let me know. Right. Let me know what he says, right. okay? Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> All right. God bless. Hey, folks, we're out of here, and I'm going to do a half show today. Be back on tomorrow. By God's grace, we'll talk to you then. Have a good one, everyone. It's Matt Slick Live. Taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. At the bottom of the hour, if you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. Just want to let you know we stay on the air by your support. If you like what you hear, then all you got to do is uh, is uh, just go to karm.org forward slash donate. And everything you need's right there. We hope you will kindly... Um, Support us. We ask five dollars a month. That's not too much. Hopefully, it's, it's okay. Let's get back on with Anthony. You still there? You still there, buddy? Yes.
All right. Now, I forget where we were. Where were we? Uh, which So which sins, you know, does oh, yeah. God not allow people to commit? Well, he lets you commit all kinds of sins. That's why they exist. Yeah, so I guess theoretically it's it's possible that a, a believing Christian might murder someone in cold blood, an innocent person. Well, I would have to look at all the circumstances. What's the point of all this? What, 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 what's, what's the point? Because uh, I believe Jesus taught that people can't commit these sins or else they, you know, they're not going to get into heaven. And, you know, you're okay. having a hard time in giving me a yes or no answer here. Because your questions aren't very precise. That's why. It's your, on your fault, not mine. You don't understand the issue sufficiently to be able to articulate a very competent, uh, well-formed question. Okay? You want the answer? Normally, I won't tell someone that on the air, but I'm telling you. If you don't know the All situations right, so and the circumstances enough to be able to form the question properly. Okay, I've given you a hypothetical scenario. A, 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 a Christian murders someone, and I just want to know, does that person go to heaven or not? It should, it's, I don't see what's so difficult about that. Well, I, I already gave you a scenario where someone could murder someone on uh, in a heat of passion and have committed a great sin. And, and you can okay. still go to heaven based on that. A premeditated thing, I'd say, was something different. If you want a list of stuff, I can't give you a list because God doesn't uh, provide that such a, a list. So you're telling me then, or, or are you saying then, that you go to heaven based on your, your goodness? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I believe that's exactly what Jesus and the prophets taught. Okay. Are you being good enough? I don't know. I'll be judged when I die and, you know, stand before the you know, throne. That, that's what Islam says. They don't know if they're good enough. So are you, you don't know if you're doing enough good works. Let me ask you, do you think you probably are doing enough good works or possibly? What do you think possibly? I, say, I would say I, I try to be good enough, but, you know, whether I am or not is, okay. is up to God. So then uh, it's possible that you could be doing enough to, to please God, right? I believe so. Okay. So what you're telling me here is that you believe that you are good enough, possibly good enough, to keep yourself right with the infinitely holy, majestic God of the universe by your efforts. That's possible, right? Well, not just, I just want to be clear, it's not just me, but all people. All, all, it's with, within everyone's, you We're know. We're talking about us, you. You know. We're talking about you. So you yeah, believe? You want to make me seem like I'm pride. You, you want to make me feel you like are I'm prideful. Pride You're an arrogant fool. You are an arrogant fool. But, you deny who God is. You deny who Christ is. You judge the scriptures. You judge what is true, what is false. You allow certain things in scripture or not, and then you have the arrogance to say that you have the possibility of keeping yourself right with the infinitely holy God by your effort. What a fool! What an arrogant fool you are. Yeah, you are. That's what. That's what Jesus and his apostles and the Old Testament prophets taught, though. They taught no, that not. people had a right... No, well, yes, it is. No, it's not. They, you know, G uh, Moses in Deuteronomy said that the commandments were not too hard to, to obey. In First John, it says that... Where does it you say? Know, commandments were not where does it say that keeping those commandments gets you to heaven? It doesn't Oops. say that in that exact language, Oops. but it does clearly... It does clearly Oops. say that you know those those who obey the commandments are are blessed. I got and those you. We're supposed to. We're su I got you. We're supposed to obey the commandments. Where's the say that getting those commandments and doing them gets you to heaven? Show me. You're the one who's referencing the law. 
In the Old Testament, it doesn't say it in that language, but in you know Jesus does teach yes, that. It does. Um, yes, it does. In, it, if you want to know. It talks about it, I think, in Deuteronomy 28, 26. Oh, where is that? Uh, no, I'll go to Galatians. I think it's 3. It's been a while since I've quoted this. Galatians 3.10, where Paul is quoting. Uh, he's quoting the Old Testament in Deuteronomy 27, 26. Curses everyone who does not abide by everything written in the book of the law to perform them. So you're, you're the one who quoted in the Old Testament. So if you keep the law perfectly, you won't be cursed, will you? Cursed is everyone who right. does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to perform them. Are you keeping all of the law? Maybe I am. Maybe you are. Okay, so then the Bible says in the Old Testament to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Deuteronomy 6, 5. Are you loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? I try to. I didn't ask you to try. Are you? I, again, we, we don't, you know, God will judge us okay. based on so you're not. Uh, how we perform. Okay, so you're not. Was Did Jesus ever sin? I don't believe so. So are you keeping the law on the level of Jesus himself? To, I believe I'm keeping it to the extent that, you know, people can keep it to the extent that he taught it to us. So he actually uh, quoted what I just re- referenced to you about, uh, love the Lord, guard Halford. You know, all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. He referenced that in in Matthew twenty two thirty nine, or actually thirty seven. Yep. So, so he did that, and he said. Then he quoted, "Love uh, your neighbors yourself." Uh, two verses later, then in, in verse forty, he said, "This is summation of the law." Since Jesus never sinned, then are you telling me that you're doing those two commandments, loving God and loving your neighbor, on the same level as Jesus? Well, I believe people can do that. Yes. To the, to I didn't the, ask about people. Know, are you, you, are you doing? Why does it matter if I'm doing it? Because I'm talking to you. So, uh, are you able to keep the law on the same level as Jesus? This is a strategy aimed to make someone who makes this argument look prideful and arrogant, and it's not yes, about that's me. True. It's, it's about true. all human beings. It's about you. We're talking about you, not all human beings. On the yeah, I could thing. be the worst. I could be the worst sinner on earth, and it still doesn't change what Jesus taught. I got you. I'm asking you if you're keeping the the law of righteousness on the same level as Jesus. That's all I'm asking you. Because right, he let didn't me just, say, No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Okay. How about so that? Then, I'll give that let, to you. Let's no, get I'm this not. straight. So, okay, good. I'm I'm glad you. It took you that long to figure out and admit you're not on the same level as Jesus. It took a while, which means you were thinking maybe you could. Tell me how you're not prideful and arrogant. Yeah, people, I believe all people can do it. It's within their capacity. I think that's what Jesus taught. I think that's what the Old Testament and New Testament taught. So all people can, then why does it say that no one does good, no one uh, you know, can keep the law, and everybody sinned? Well, why is that then, if everybody can? The, those are, I think that's, that's poetic hyperbole that's from the Psalms, okay. and the Bible speaks very frequently of righteous people, that there are righteous people and they're righteous okay. on their own merit. Okay, whoop, there's that sound again, that ripping sound, yeah, of, of you taking verses without looking at their context and understanding what's going on. This is why you don't know who Christ is. You do not know who God is, and you are not a Christian. I'm not mad at you. I'm just informing you. 
You agree with the well, Jews me, that he's not God in flesh. You have the arrogance to say that's even a possibility for you to keep the law and that you're going to merit your position with God by your own goodness. Now, if that isn't arrogant foolishness, I don't know what is. Can I ask you a, your interpretation of a verse then? When yeah, when First John says he... When First John says, "He who practices righteousness, righteousness is righteous, just as Christ is righteousness," what does that mean to you? What verse? I believe it's First John chapter three or somewhere therein. Uh, everyone who's born, everyone that knows Him, also practices righteousness. Is born of Him. No, I I should have looked this up before. Yeah, you should. You should look at that. Yeah, everyone who practices sin practices lawlessness. Oh yeah, it's First John chapter three, verse seven. Little children, make sure no one deceives you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous, just as Christ is righteous. Doesn't say just as Christ is righteous. Doesn't say that. Well, it just it says it says he is righteous, and it's obviously referring to Christ. Whoa, 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 whoa! You, yeah, I'm looking at the text that you said and reading it and you changed it to make it say what you wanted to say well does wow. the he or who does the you he are refer to so there? arrogant you think you can keep god's law and then you have the right to alter the written word to make it fit what you want okay well who does the he refer to there in your opinion it's jesus but you said as jesus All was right, thank that's you. Not what it, hey hold on <laughs> no 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 you changed the word now, do you think? Okay, I did change you, the word to make it easier to understand. So, don't do, don't change God's word to make it into what you want. So, look. But let's. What so, does it say? Let me ask you. Let me ask you. Are you keeping the the law? Are you as righteous as Jesus? One who practices righteousness is as righteous as Jesus. That's exactly what the verse says. Are you practicing righteousness on the same level as Jesus? If I do what's righteous, I'm as, I'm, I'm righteous as Jesus. I, I so, didn't ask if you did. You know, Are you doing it? Are you doing it? Yes or no? Yeah. No. Yeah. Then you're lost. You're condemned by your own words. Hey, folks, there's a break. We've got to go. we got callers waiting. We'll get to the next callers after the break. That was an exercise uh, that was worth you to hear to see what the foolishness of the world is apart from Christ. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the show. Hope you enjoyed the last conversation. Just trying to show you guys uh, one of the ways of, of dealing with people who are lost. That's one of the ways. Hey, let's get on the phones with, let's see, Noreen from Texas. Hey, Noreen, welcome. You are on the air. Noreen, I hit the button. Hello, how are you? Fine, how are you? I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. So, what do you got? I'm 73. I'm 73 and hanging tight, too. Um, (laughs) My question is why are there two baptisms after the call? When Ephesians 4 5 says, one more, one faith, one baptism. Now, two, the two baptisms baptism, after. Wait, I'm trying to understand. Two baptisms after the fall. You said is that what the word was? No, after crucifixion, after the day of. After. Okay. Okay. Well, there's the baptism the of the Holy Spirit. There's the baptism of water. There's two right there. Okay. There shouldn't be. There shouldn't be two baptisms. 
Ephesians 4, 5 is one Lord, one okay. Savior, and one baptism. Okay. Now, which to, baptism is it? To verify that they are separate. Hold on events. a sec. Hold on a sec. Hold on a sec, please. I, I'm asking you questions. Um, which baptism is it? Baptism of the Spirit or baptism of water? That's the one. Baptism of the Spirit because okay. is a cross. Oh, oh, okay, so well, hold on, hold on. I just wanted an answer. I don't need a teaching from you. I don't know what you believe. In fact, what church do you go to? I don't. You don't. Let me ask you, is the Trinity true? Is is the Trinity no. true? No. Is Jesus no. God in you flesh? Cannot, I'm just asking you. you, you cannot, it, is Jesus God in flesh? You, you cannot have not one righteous belief. Okay. If Can, it, okay. If it violates one of the scripture, ma ma it's not ma a righteous belief. Ma because you, you call God a liar. Stop. I'm going to put you on hold. <sighs> I had to go outside tonight and see if it's a full moon. Okay, let me try it again. Noreen, are you there? Yes. Noreen? Yes. Okay, yes, so is Jesus God in flesh? Just asking you, is he? Jesus was. I'm He's asking no you, can, can you add, <laughs> is present tense Jesus God in flesh? What's the answer, yes or no? No. Okay, when he was walking on earth, was he God in flesh? Yes. Okay, so you deny that he's a man right now, which means that you don't have an intercessor, because Jesus is still a man. First Timothy 2.5 says there's one mediator between man and God, the man, Christ Jesus. That's First Timothy 2.5. It doesn't mean flesh. It doesn't mean flesh. It means what he acquired while in the flesh. Because no flesh can Hold enter on a sec. No, 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 no. It says flesh and, and bones cannot inherit the kingdom of God. But it, that Jesus says uh, that a spirit doesn't have flesh. Excuse me. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God is what the phrase is. Jesus says, look and touch me for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. After his resurrection, he was flesh and bones. John twenty four thirty nine. Do you Do you deny that Jesus cannot. Christ... Noreen, do you deny that Jesus Christ rose from the dead in the same body he died in? He's in an immoral body. It's not, it's not blessed. It's a spiritual Jesus body. Says, Jesus says in Luke twenty four thirty nine. this is after his resurrection, see my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. Now, after the resurrection, did Jesus have flesh and bones? No. Then you denied what Jesus just said about himself. Jesus okay. does not have flesh and blood in heaven. I didn't say flesh and blood. I said flesh and bones. You guys oh, keep, you do this. Everybody does this. And change the word of God. You, you don't listen to the word of God. Man? You listen, you Noreen, 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 I got to put her on hold again. She's a, she wants to, to dominate the show, not her show. Noreen, Jesus says he has flesh and bones. He says, a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. This is after his resurrection, after the crucifixion. So was Jesus wrong when he said that, uh, the Spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see, that I have. So was, was he wrong for saying that? Was he wrong? 
Okay. Obviously, uh, folks, this is uh, another example of another person, two in a row, who denies who Christ really is. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus Christ is God in flesh, still. He emptied himself, Philippians 2, 5 through 8, became one of us. And he died on that cross, and he rose from the dead in the same body he died in. As he prophesied in John two nineteen through 21, destroy this temple three days, I will raise it up. Speaking of the temple of his body, John two nineteen through twenty one, in First Corinthians fifteen thirty five through forty five, it says that that which is sown in the ground is that which is raised. It is sown perishable; it is raised imperishable. After the resurrection, Jesus says, "Spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have." This is Luke twenty four thirty nine. When he said to them, "See my hands and my feet; touch me and see." For a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. In John twenty twenty five, Doubting Thomas said, He's risen? I don't believe that. He said, We've seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the imprint of the nails, and put my finger into the place of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. After eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors having been shut, and stood in our midst and said, Peace be with you. And he said to Thomas, Reach here with your finger and see my hands, and reach here your hand and put it into my side. And do not be unbelieving, but believing. So Jesus is saying, Put your hand into my side. In John twenty twenty seven, in Luke twenty four thirty nine, he says, Touch me. A spirit doesn't have flesh and bones, you see I have. Now, I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Like what that woman was teaching is damnable. Okay? 1 Corinthians 15, 14, If Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. Your faith also is in vain. Moreover, we are found... Uh, we are even found to be a false witness of God because we testified against God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if in fact the dead are not raised. Paul saying courts are raised for if the dead are not raised not even Christ was raised and if Christ is not raised and your faith is worthless you're still in your sins so Jesus is as me Paul is teaching the resurrection of Christ the bodily resurrection she denied the bodily resurrection and he's a man right now and so this is a damnable doctrine it means your faith is in vain this is why it's important for all of you out there to know what the essentials of the Christian faith are. This is an essential of the Christian faith. You cannot have it. Uh, you cannot deny it, excuse me, and be a Christian. You can deny it ignorantly. And then once you see it, you go, whoa, that's what it says? Okay, it's what I believe. That That's that's different than arguing against this and refusing to repent. So if any of you out there deny that there's only one God in all the universe, and you say there's many gods, you're not a Christian, and you're lost, you're on the way to hell. If you deny openly, repeatedly, that the Trinity is true, you're lost, you're on the way to hell. If you deny that Jesus Christ is God in flesh, then and now, then you have denied the true living God, the true living Christ, and you are on your way to hell. If you deny that justification is by faith alone in Christ alone, but you add baptism, or you add sacraments, or you add your own goodness in order to be saved, to keep yourself right with the infinitely holy God, you are on your way to hell. 
The truth is that there's one God in all existence, all place, all time. Not many gods. You can't become gods. God is a trinity, not three beings, but one being and three distinct simultaneous persons. The second one became Jesus. He, the, hum, the divine nature and the human nature joined. They were in union. And this is who Jesus is to this day. He died on that cross and he rose from the dead in the same body he died in. He's God in flesh who died on that cross, rose from the dead. And that we are made right before God by faith only, not by faith in what we do, not by faith in our baptism, not by faith in our sincerity, not by faith in our goodness. Don't be so foolish to think that your sincerity somehow merits anything with God, because it does not. Let me read you something. This is what it says. Now, the law says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbors yourself. That's respectively in the Bible, Deuteronomy 6.5 and Leviticus 19.18, which Paul, which Jesus, excuse me, uh, references respectively in Matthew 22.37 and 39. And he says in verse 40, this is the summation of the law. So if any of you think you keep yourself right with God by the law, by what you do with keeping the law, then read Galatians 2.21. I do not nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died needlessly. If you can get to heaven by being good, by following any of the law, then why did Christ need to die? Galatians 2.21. I do not nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, loving God and loving your neighbor, being honest, then Christ died needlessly. If you could keep the law, then the law would be the way to be saved. But it can't be, which is why Christ had to fulfill the law and never sin. 1 Peter 2.22, why he died on the cross and then rose from the dead, which is the sign of the acceptance, and the perfection, and the holiness of his sacrifice for our sins, where he bore our sin in his body on the cross, 1 Peter 2.24. This is who Christ is. This is a true living gospel. And if anybody out there, you're listening to my words, if any of you deny the Trinity, repent and believe it. If you're oneness, repent and believe the truth. If you're a Catholic and you believe that you have to keep your commandments and go through the sacraments in order to keep yourself right with God, you need to repent of that great sin and trust in Jesus Christ alone for the forgiveness of your sins. If you're a Mormon and you teach that God came from another world and he was exalted, he's got a goddess wife, that you keep celestial law, you can become a god of your own world, and that you're saved by grace through faith, after all you can do, Second Nephi 25, 23, you need to repent and believe in the true and living God because nobody is capable of keeping the law perfectly except one person that was Jesus Christ only he did this first Peter 2 22 only he was able to keep that law and if you could keep the law and you could earn your position with God by what you do then you might as well become a Muslim because that's what Muslims teach that's what Islam teaches that's what the Quran teaches in Surah 23 101 to 103 that's what it teaches if your good works out well you're bad then you'll the balance is, is heavy towards towards you in a good way then heaven you will find this is what the Quran is teaching. This is what the Jehovah's Witness Watchtower Organization says. It says that you have to keep the commandments of God to be saved and have your sins forgiven. All of this is blasphemy. All of this is false teaching. All of this is evil doctrine. The truth is this. There's one God who's a trinity. Just like 
a cube is height, width, and depth. All three of those aspects make up the totality. This is who God is, the Trinity. And the second person of the Trinity became flesh, died on the cross, rose from the dead. And you've got to trust in him alone by faith alone. And if you do not, and you add anything, then you're on your way to hell. That's the true gospel. Believe in Jesus. Trust in him. He did it all. He's all you need. Okay? Not your goodness. Not your law keeping. Just him. Ask him to forgive you for sins. He will because he's God in flesh. Amen. God bless. Bye. Another program powered by the Truth Network.